It's December. Everybody has four games left. Things are starting to shake out. Things are starting to get real interesting in this very, very tight season of the NFL. Everybody's within a game of each other. We're going to break a lot of that stuff down. Plus, we got to talk about Rams Cardinals Monday Night Football. Rams take out the Cardinals. We'll talk about that and get you ready for your playoff pushes in fantasy. So do not miss the Tuesday Fantasy Forum today on the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, football fans? Welcome into another episode of Locked On NFL, your daily podcast covering everything around the National Football League. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On NFL your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. Wave Luke. Hi, everybody. Hello. Good to see you. <laughs> it is Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nolan, one of your Tuesday hosts here with you every week. Joined, as always, by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL, your daily host over at Locked on Vikings. We are going to break down a ton centering around uh, to start off with our focus here. The big stories around the NFL, including, of course, the NFL playoff pictures in both conferences because they're all tight, Luke. That's what yeah. I'm learning. Every playoff race is tight. <laughs> Everything is tight. Everybody's yeah. within, I mean, in the AFC, the fifth seeded Chargers are a game out of first place in the conference Yeah, and play on Thursday night. Like they could be vying for first place in the conference in four days. And right now they're the fifth seed. Yeah. Uh, and it's the same way in the NFC. And it's the same way with those final wild card spots. Mm-hmm. All are, you know, one or two spots between like eight teams that all technically could get it if things break one way or another. So I think, the, I don't know, last few games of the season, we're going to kind of find out who the men are, who the boys are, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're through bye weeks now. We get Saturday football starting up this weekend for the next two weeks. Oh, gotta love it. So uh, let's start off with the AFC here. I mean, the teams at the top of the AFC are all tied up at nine and four seeds, one, two, and three, the New England Patriots sitting at the top, Tennessee Titans at two, and then the Kansas City Chiefs at three. Titans hold a win percent, or excuse me, a head-to-head win over the Kansas City Chiefs. That's why they're above them. And then, of course, the New England Patriots above both when it comes to percentage of win within the conference games. And so here we are again, New England Patriots on top of the AFC, but it's not all said and done. No, it's interesting. I, I feel like the trajectory of these teams with the Patriots and Chiefs, they both had similar trajectories where they kind of had some troubles early out. They've kind of figured out their deal and now they're hot. And mm-hmm. the Titans have been a little bit more sporadic and a bit more of a week to week proposition, but more plus weeks than minus weeks. Obviously, they're nine and four. Um, so it kind of comes down to like, who do you actually trust? In in these three teams. For me, I think that's the Patriots, as boring as it is to say, yeah, trust the Belichick (laughs) team and the team that's the front runner right now. I don't know. Does this come down to tiebreakers at the end or does the the Patriots as the, I think, most consistent team at this point and with the rookie struggles of Mac Jones and stuff well behind them? um, I don't know. Can they run away with this? Yeah, I think that when we see these teams all tied up at the top, we immediately start to dig into tiebreakers. But there's a world in which over the course of these last four games, somebody falls off and somebody else wins the games that they need to win. And therefore, mm-hmm. you end up just simply with the better record. So it's not That's always going to come down. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then if we look at the rest of it here, we have the uh, Baltimore Ravens at the fourth seed at eight and five, Los Angeles Chargers at eight and five as well with the, with the fifth seed. No tiebreaker there as Baltimore Ravens are division winners at the moment. So that one really, you look at those two and like you mentioned, all the way down to fifth seed in the AFC, you're one game away from first place. Yeah. And 
everybody is in this. I, I mean, save like Houston and Jacksonville, whose seasons were lost long ago. Mm-hmm. Everybody had even Miami, who we were talking about writing them off on this very show right. uh, like a month ago. And right. suddenly they've surged their six and seven. They're a game out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And that's the wild part is that at six and seven, they're right there on the cusp because seven and six right now, you've got five teams all tied up that stretch from sixth place with the Indianapolis Colts all the way down to 10th place with the Denver Broncos. And you've got Pittsburgh just outside of that at six, six and one, only like half game behind. And so it continues to be tied at the bottom, just like it is up at the top. Right. And it's going to come down to, I mean, everybody's got messy schedules, right? Everybody's got a hard team or two. Everybody's got an easy team or two. Who can step up and win out, right? Uh, there are mm-hmm. seven teams all vying for two playoff spots, right? Just by a factor of necessity, right? A factor of somebody's got to win all the games. Somebody's going to win out. Right. And whoever wins out is suddenly sitting there at 10 and 7 or even uh, 11 and 6 and go, being that red hot team headed into the playoffs. And then you compare that to like who is going to be on a four game win streak in the three seed meeting up with whatever of those three teams at the top in the Patriots, Titans and Chiefs did the worst. And you're going to have a weird momentum battle. Yeah, absolutely. And we could see the same thing, just like we mentioned over in the AFC, over in the NFC. But before we jump to that, as you mentioned, the Texans, Jacksonville, they're out. New England, uh, excuse me, New York Jets also out after they lost to New Orleans Saints this past weekend. So now over at the top of the NFC, we've got three teams tied there as well. Top there, 10 and three. You've got the Green Bay Packers who just raised up to number one in the NFC because the Arizona Cardinals fall to third place after their loss to the Los Angeles Rams on Monday Night Football. Dallas, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers holding the number two spot. They have a strength of victory uh, win right now over the Arizona Cardinals. So that's a tiebreaker there. And then you have with the Green Bay Packers win percentage in the conference that puts them up above both Tampa and Arizona at the top of the conference. Yeah, and I guess with the Packers, too, we're going to learn a little something about them, too. They've Mm -hmm. got Ravens, Browns, Vikings. Those are three teams with their backs likely against the wall that are really scraping and clawing through this season. The Ravens with either a hobbled Lamar Jackson, no Lamar Jackson. The Browns are going to be fighting for their lives. The Vikings are going to be fighting for their lives. And they wrap out the season with the Lions. But I think those three games, if the Packers can keep their winning ways on those three games, they get the one seed and they deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. Los Angeles, who just won this game right now at nine and four on, uh, after winning on Monday Night Football. So they're tied with Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, though, at the top of the NFC East. So they hold the four seed while Los Angeles is at the five seed. But as we mentioned with the AFC, only one game out of first place all the way down to five. Mm-hmm. And you also have at the six seed right now, the other NFC West team, the uh, the uh, San Francisco the 49ers, 49ers yeah. who at seven and six. So you've got three NFC West teams. And I believe this is one of the divisions that we talked about before the season began that it felt very likely that they could carry three playoff teams this year yeah and don't count out seattle with right five wins right <laughs> uh it it's gonna get weird um I, I i like the futures of the san francisco 49ers honestly they seem like they mm. have figured out who they want to be and how they want to attack teams and sometimes it takes a little bit to figure out who you are but this Debo Samuel running, being running back kind of thing, or running from like H back alignments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the way that Kyle Shanahan has sort of, I mean, he's sort of found the team's stride, I guess. Um, and so I don't know. I, it, yeah, don't don't count them out for rising up even further in the standings, potentially. 
um, as hot as the Rams are. The Rams, you can pencil in, though. They would need to lose out before they're even sweating tiebreakers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the bottom of the NFC here, it's all six and seven, right? You've got five teams that are tied from seventh seed all the way down to the 11th seed. And with a series of tiebreakers and head to head, this, mm-hmm. that, and the others, you've got the Washington football team right at the top of that, holding on to that seventh seed with the Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons, and New Orleans Saints not out of the conversation. And right. neither are, as you mentioned, the five and eight teams, the uh, Carolina Panthers who maybe are, honestly, but then the Seattle Seahawks who could still find their way to surge into this. Yeah. And of all of those teams, who figured out who they are, right? Right. And that's why I like the futures of the 49ers. They know who they are. They're going to have to play on the road in the playoffs, but they know who they are and they're going to go attack that, right? But who of those teams, the Vikings, Washington, Philadelphia, whoever, your Saints, like who can figure out who they are and and rattle off some wins here and, and go into the postseason with an identity and with a winning streak, somebody is going to go in on a winning streak. It's the same thing as the AFC. Mathematically, they just have to because you have to have a winning streak to separate yourself from this giant glut. And whoever that is is going to be the hot team you don't want to play. And I, I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun watching the way that this completely uh, or continues to unfold. Washington football team is going to end all four of their final games or divisional matchups. And then you have maybe four of the most volatile NFC teams <laughs> sitting at the bottom <laughs> of the division. It's going to be so, very cursed. I would not yeah. want to be the two or three seed and have yeah. to deal with some like weird cursed ass Vikings team <laughs> coming through <laughs> off out of nowhere. And then, of course, the only team eight, eliminated. Nine. Yeah, right. And of course, the only team eliminated over the NFC, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Relegate. Uh, <laughs> who would lose to them? Couldn't imagine. But look, we got y'all set up here, right? Now you got your sense, your landscape of the league, right? You got an inside track, the power that comes along with that. That's what you listen to a podcast like this for. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone. So you can listen to the latest episodes of all your favorite Locked On shows and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all the insights and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks. So you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile to find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage are not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. We are drawing nearer and nearer and nearer to Super Bowl 56 at SoFi. It's less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a -a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or just search Super Bowl on location. All right, everybody, continuing on with this episode of Locked on NFL. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day. It's Tuesday episode, so you've got Luke Braun, your daily host and expert over at the Locked on Vikings podcast. Myself, Ross Jackson, over at the Locked on Saints podcast. Luke didn't like me calling him the expert in pain over there. Expert Uh, Very well First, you know what it's like to hurt. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I want. I, I want to help. Says, you, but yeah, apologize you know. on behalf of your team. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not helping, I'm sure. Um, but, <laughs> but hey, you know, two teams that didn't really help each other out uh, over the course of the over the course of the entire season so far have been these NFC West teams that have uh, really, as yeah. we mentioned, put themselves into a position to where they're all within a game of each other fighting for these playoff spots. And tonight on Monday Night Football, we got the uh, big matchup between the Los Angeles Rams up against the Arizona Cardinals. Los Angeles Rams walk away victors in this one, 30 to 23. If you were to look at this game and say that it was one in one space or if it was won or lost in one space, what would you look at? Where would you point to in this matchup? Yeah, it's pass rush, right? Pass rush mm-hmm. and pass pro. Because the Rams won on both sides of the ball there. They had a lot of trouble. The Cardinals had a lot of trouble getting to Matt Stafford and getting um, pressure on him. And it allowed a lot of the like concepts, the longer developing cross country, you know, deep posts, stuff that take a while to develop, could develop. And then on the other side, you know, Kyler Murray was running around for his life a lot, including mm-hmm. down to that final possession. So yeah. if you missed this game, it came down to this two the two score thing. Uh, Cardinals kick a field goal onside kick get the onside kick and they have 37 seconds to score a touchdown and then they go like holding penalty and then there's a false start and a sack and it was kind of all Aaron Donald just dominating a guy and getting you know turned into penalties instead of plays or sometimes sacks or Mm. whatever but it was Aaron Donald beating the crap out of people and you know, Leonard Floyd getting an interception. There were some weird flukes of luck and tipped balls and stuff like that, that Kyler Murray threw a couple of pretty rough interceptions. Um, But ultimately, it all kind of stemmed from the big boys up front on both sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I I think you're absolutely right. That's really where you saw this game won or lost in the Arizona Cardinals since. The Arizona Cardinals also had some really unique things. They were not unique, but kind of interesting things that they were doing on defense. They really leaned into sort of this cover two man or cover uh, or or two man under uh, defense, which invited the run a lot. But they also didn't really they weren't really able to limit the passing game in this one. Matt Stafford, 23 of 30 for over 270 yards, 76.7 completion percentage. If you're going to dare a team to run, you have to also be able to stop the pass. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to end up getting mm-hmm. carved up. And that's what you saw here. Sean McVay, lots of good play calls to to attack that man defense. Yeah, when you, when you commit to the to defending the pass and you still can't defend the pass, that is a really, really difficult place as a defensive coordinator. You cannot commit any more resources um, and you just have to start like playing better. But if they're going to man up on you know Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham, you got to have the horses to do that. And I don't know if that was the right plan for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals with the speed they have on defense and that's why they feel better going too high because Mm -hmm. if it is a run play, they got like Isaiah Simmons is fast as hell. He can come right back in. You know, if he's going to deepen, he can cover that space quicker so they can Mm -hmm. space out a little bit more. It's the way the Cardinals like to play is a spaced out defense. Um, But just trying to like stay tight and hip to hip and stuff. It's just it's not their game and it is the Rams game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw the physicality from the wide receivers, the physicality from the offensive line in this one. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, I believe, becoming the oldest player to ever start a game at left tackle in this one. And we also saw A.J. Green go over 10,000 receiving yards, just the 50th all-time player to ever do that fifth active player to have that uh, to sort of be in that class at the moment. But, you know, you saw the uh, Arizona Cardinals coming into this one, the defense struggling, according to football outsiders, in terms of DVOA at the other receivers. So not wide receiver one, not wide receiver two, which I think is probably a subjective situation in terms of who you consider, you know, one or two. But you would imagine that Cooper Cup, 
Odell Beckham Jr. in this would be one and two. Yeah, Van Jefferson, like the probably, rotational guys, yeah, yeah, all falling under that other receiver category. And Van Jefferson went deep over the top on a busted coverage. You saw him sort of get physical with a cornerback uh, Alford down the field, and Alford ended up kind of falling in the trail technique there, but no safety over the top didn't get enough depth, and then just an easy pitch and catch from Matt Stafford to Van Jefferson in that one to be able to help to blow this game open a little bit. Yeah, and and some of those coverages can get really fragile. Um, Mm -hmm. and especially with trail technique, which is very high in my mind because the Vikings gave up a two point conversion on kind of a similar mistake, Mm -hmm. um, in their game against uh, the Steelers on Thursday night, it was like trail technique is something you do on purpose where you Mm -hmm. lag behind the receiver and you're actually not running at a hundred percent speed. Um, and you're kind of trying to bait the quarter. You're trying to make him look open. And usually you'll do that in a situation where there's somebody else elsewhere in the coverage who's going to poach that route, who's going to try to jump the route or try to get an interception, make a play on the ball. Um, you kind of want to make it look like there's a little bit of space. And then, and then you turn on the jets, you start running hundred percent and that space closes faster than the quarterback thought it would. And that's mm-hmm. how you can try to like force interceptions. Um, but then if the guy isn't there, like in this case, if, uh, you know, the safety doesn't drop back enough and he's not there then all you've done is put yourself you know three steps behind and the quarterback can just lead the dude um and so trail technique is this sort of risk reward thing that's built into coverages it's not like a decision corners are making it's like part of the greater machine right but it is something that can really get punished if you're not on your p's and q's about it and those little details mcveigh is very good at at uh finding those holes and punishing those little details. And Matt Stafford's been around long enough and he has the arm talent to make you suffer for those. Yeah. And and Matt Stafford, the, his first career win, his 18th game, first career win, 0-17 coming into this win up against a team that has five games over 500, uh, 1-17 on his career now. Yep. Rip Lions. <laughs> yes, of course, he played all of the 17 losses with the Lions, and that ends up getting the win with the Los Angeles Chargers. Excuse me, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the other thing I want to I want to quickly discuss in this one too: down 30 to 20, you get to the point to where you've got a 56 yard field goal on fourth down, down 10 points, still have some time on the clock here. The uh, Cliff Kingsbury, no hesitation in this one. The Arizona Cardinals go for it on fourth down; they aren't able to convert and extend the drive. Would it have been wiser? to kick the field goal there are there too many factors involved i I gotta know what they talked about with 56 yards because i would have been a 56 yard kick and a lot of times kickers will warm up pretty like on the field and they'll Mm -hmm. figure out the wind and they'll figure out how the grass is treating them and they'll figure out just how they're feeling today and stuff and then they'll usually go to the coach and say this is my distance today this is what i think my Mm -hmm. distance is Mm -hmm. so if prater says yeah it's a 55 yard day um then that could influence Cliff Kingsbury to say, all right, we're kind of in no man's lane. We got to go for it. Um, I I don't know if that even considering that it's the right decision. I mean, we've seen Cliff K- Kingsbury take a 62 yarder in the right. past and Prater hit that in week two mm-hmm. against my Vikings. Uh, existence is pain. Um, but <laughs> So I don't know if maybe there was something that Prater said or something like that, or Cliff Kingsbury just wanted to get the touchdown and and not the field goal. You needed a touchdown and a field goal anyways, but Mm -hmm. it did end up kind of compounding and snowballing into a much worse situation. But even with that, you got the ball with 37 seconds. Maybe don't melt down. And this Cardinals team hasn't been in the postseason yet under, you know, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Mm -hmm. Murray. This like iteration of the Cardinals hasn't been in these big moments. And when you do get into the postseason, a game like this can, can help you out because you go, okay, 
you know, let's say you're in the in wildcard weekend and you, you've got a do or die drive with 40 seconds to go and you go, remember that one time it was uh, Monday Night Football right. and we blew it? Let's not do that again. And And having been there once and messed it up once you can learn from that experience it might help them in the long run but obviously you gotta you still gotta stave off the rams for the division mm-hmm. they're now it's now only a one game lead there and uh yeah you gotta, you gotta get to it first yeah absolutely look i don't think there's any reason here to start counting out the arizona cardinals but it will be interesting to see how this game impacts them as they move forward throughout the rest of the season and try to close it out up at the top of at least the nfc west but again They could potentially still end up at the top of the NFC. We'll see how the rest of the division or excuse me, the division as well as the conference ends up uh, closing out these final four games. Yeah, it's a a cozy positioning for the Rams. They're going to make the playoffs. And you know what else is cozy? My feet because of my stance socks. (laughs) (laughs) Stance is great because they wanted to reinvent socks, underwear and active apparel. They focus on comfort. They form fit your feet. They have like left and right. They have designed socks for to be more than just an afterthought but to be something that's actually nice and they have all sorts of fun designs for style and self-expression because ultimately what are your clothes but a way to express yourself everything should be a direct extension of who you are and you can show off a little bit of that personality with stance stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in if you feel good you do good go see for yourself register for an account at stance.com and get 15 percent off of your first purchase you can use promo code locked on all one word l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n at checkout to apply enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance all right everybody we are wrapping up today's episode of locked on nfl with our tuesday fantasy forum joined by the one the only marcus mosher at marcus underscore mosher on twitter locked on cowboys locked on dynasty football marcus it is that time fantasy football playoffs what general advice do you have for teams that are getting into those fantasy football playoff matchups yeah, so there's that old phrase, dance with the one that brought you. I'm sure you guys are both familiar with that, right? Oh. That doesn't apply to fantasy football because we're <laughs> yeah. trying to win. We don't care about where you drafted these guys or what you had to trade to go get them. You just want to set the best possible lineup here in week 15. So don't be attached to, to the ADP and the cost. Just set the guys that are going to score you the most points. For example, uh, I have Ezekiel Elliott in a couple leagues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play Rashad Penny over him this week because Penny just has a chance to have a higher scoring week than Ezekiel Elliott. It's just where we're at in this point in the season. doesn't mean Zeke's a lesser player. It's just the way the fantasy season has played out. I think that's, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. You have to play the best running back on a team instead of the second best running back on a team. <laughs> uh, Luke, I love you. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> he says with hate and fury uh, in his eyes. He's going to find me later. Sure. <laughs> no, you're right. Luckily, we're not on the Locked on Cowboys podcast. Otherwise, this would be just a fire take. So you know, we're <laughs> Yeah. This is the safe place to make such a take. You're, you're going to be fine here. <laughs> I'm just here to cause problems. Okay. So. In all seriousness, uh, with that in mind of, you know, get get somebody who wins the league. Who is out there right now? Because we just had a crazy COVID outbreak in the NFL, 37 positive tests. Some of them, some like Alexander Madison might affect our teams. Um, Who could possibly be out there if it's A, an emergency situation or B, you're the sixth seed trying to go toe to toe with a team that scored more over the league? Over, mm-hmm. over the season. Who, who can we find out there? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be slim pickings at this time of year, right? There's just not a lot of guys available. If anybody's playing, they're usually on a roster. Uh, but, I mean, let's let's talk about some of these guys. Uh, what about your your third-round re- uh, 
or excuse me, fourth round rookie running back. Uh, you, you can pronounce his name better than I can. Uh, uh, Wangu. Kenny Wangu. Don't yeah. think he's... So it's hard because they just claimed Wayne Gallman off of waivers. So but it's one of those two would be the backup. Week, right? I don't know. I... I I, yeah, I, I don't know how comfortable he is with the particular system stuff that the Vikings do because I'm not that familiar with him because they just picked him up like two hours ago. Um, but I, with Wangu, if he is comfortable, uh, Gallman will play over Wangu. Wangu is not really ready to play running back from scrimmage all that much. And you kind of saw it. If you started him when he played against, uh, I want to say it was Detroit, you kind of got owned. And I yeah. think the Vikings probably would avoid that if they can. But yeah. if return yards count or something like that, like that's always a thing. Or, you know, All Minnesota right, so that, DST. I'll give you another word. Corey Clement in Dallas. Tony Pollard probably unlikely to play here in week 15 against the Giants. He saw 13 carries in a game against Washington. I kind of have a feeling he's going to do the same this week against the Giants. That's not a bad option. If you're looking for a receiver, what about someone like Adam Humphreys? Ter- Terry McLaurin left last mm-hmm. week with a concussion. Uh, Humphreys is kind of a, somebody who got gets a lot of targets. Now, he, his ceiling's not necessarily the highest. But against Philadelphia, maybe you're looking at double-digit targets and maybe 12, 13 PPR points. Those are just some two deep, deep names that you could keep an eye on. What do you do in a situation to where you're you're getting into the playoffs and you've had Lamar Jackson on your roster? And Lamar Jackson may be mm-hmm. unable to go this coming week. We'll see what happens. It sounds like, according to Coach Harbaugh in Baltimore, that it's not a high ankle sprain, so that's good news. Uh, anybody that has been following the New Orleans Saints for – any amount of time here over the recent past understands what high ankle sprains can bring you. But if you're maybe one of those fantasy owners, is there maybe, I don't know if there's a quarterback that you can go out and get, but what quarterbacks are you hoping are on your bench that you might be able to utilize in this situation? I actually think if you're the Lamar Jackson owner, you probably don't want him to play this week, right? Mm-hmm. Because having a 50% yeah. Lamar doesn't do anything, doesn't do you any good. You'd rather have him be out and just make your options a lot clearer. Whether you have, an established backup. Like maybe you drafted Kirk Cousins in a later round and he's playing, you know, okay. I would go pick up Tyler Huntley right now because Tyler Huntley in the two games that he's played this year, he's eclipsed 40 yards rushing in each game. He had 270 passing yards against Cleveland. I think he's probably going to start against Green Bay and it's probably a lock, a lock to get 300 total yards and a couple touchdowns. So I think Huntley is the guy you want to pick up this week. There's something to, I think, I always think from the perspective of like underdog or favorite, depending on what you're going into the matchup as. So correct me if I'm wrong here, but if you're the underdog, maybe you want to take some riskier strategies and try to go a little bit more like high ceiling. And if you if the bottom falls out, the bottom falls out. But playing it safe isn't going to get you the upset. So with that in mind, are there any like touchdown vultures out there that if you just need to throw a Hail Mary out, um, I think of like the Adrian Petersons of the world if mm-hmm. or somebody like that, you know? Yeah, that's a good call. So there's guys like we just talked about, like Adam Humphreys. Is he going to win you your game for you? No, probably not. And if, you, if you're if you an underdog, getting 13 points from a flex probably isn't going to do you enough. Mm-hmm. But having somebody like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who has maybe not uh-huh. been a starter for you all season long, is somebody you want to insert instead because he's just mm-hmm. got the potential to make big plays down the field, especially against this Raider secondary here in Week 15. So I would be more comfortable – you know, starting somebody like Donovan Peoples-Jones, hoping he has a big game, rather than my relatively safe guys that are going to get me five for 50 and a possibly a touchdown. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? You end up trying to go for the guys that could be the home run hitters that can maybe mm-hmm. pile on some points out of nowhere, as opposed to maybe somebody that's going to be 
kind of you know where there's we know that it's going to be a higher floor but the ceiling isn't going to be as high right correct and you guys know the names right it's the same players Mm -hmm. every week like cole beasley Mm -hmm. jameson crowder russell gage i I would rather start somebody with a much higher ceiling like a donovan people's jones or like a chase claypool over those type of guys in a playoff setting yeah, that makes it tough. The old, the old Deshaun Jackson flex, a tale as old as time. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad name, right? Why not Deshaun Jackson this week? For yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah, been that way since, I don't know, the 80s? I don't know how long he's been in the league. <laughs> Marcus, thank you so much for coming and uh, helping us out. And good luck to everybody in their playoffs. And hopefully uh, you're coming back next week with another game to win, yeah? Thanks, fellas. The power ranking shows are getting so much more fun uh, as the season starts to wrap out. And as everything is so, so, so such a glut and everything is so every team is on top of each other, the power rankings become really, really fun and probably way crazier. Yeah. So check that out. Tony and James are going to do the power ranking show tomorrow, as they always do on Wednesdays on the Locked On NFL podcast. We will see you then. In the meantime, check out the Locked On Bets podcast. With your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. We'll see you all then here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.